This Valentine's Day, Dunkin's got the perfect pairings to show your love. So get down on one knee with a dozen brownie batter donuts and a cocoa mocha signature latte. Or make them swoon with a strawberry dragon fruit Dunkin' refresher with a Cupid's Choice Donut. Are you ready for love? America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. You are listening to the Motherhood Unstressed Podcast, and I'm your host, Liz Carlisle. Welcome to another new week. I am so glad that you're here. I'm honored that you're here. And uh, I'm really thrilled to share my guest with you this week. Her name is Sarah Fort. She's a two-time cookbook author, award-winning food blogger at Sprouted Kitchen, co-creator of the Sprouted Kitchen Cooking Club, mother of two, James Beard Award nominee, and a self-taught problem solver for the modern home cook. And in this episode, we are talking all about mealtime and actually having more grace for yourself, having a more balanced approach, even though we all hate that word, um, towards motherhood and mealtime. And what does that actually mean? And how do you actually do it? Um, and Sarah is someone who who is doing this, has been doing this, teaching others how to cook, how to take the stress out of cooking for many, many years. And that's why she's been so successful in that space. Um, but I think it was her role as a mother that really transformed how she helps others in the world. And that's why I'm so glad to have her on the show here. That is what she's doing. We're talking about real motherhood, the demands that are on us each and every day, how to balance the guilt of not feeling like you're doing or being enough, especially when it comes to cooking, um, and also having that grace for yourself so that you can get in the kitchen and try it, and who cares if it turns out terribly, um, just having that courage and that determination to to get in there and try something new, which I think is just such a fabulous message that we can all walk away with. Um, so enjoy the episode. If you love it, please share it with a friend. Please tag us on Instagram at Motherhood Unstressed um, if you're listening to this particular episode, and I'll blast it out. Um, and if you haven't already, please, please, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It does so much for the show. Uh, so yeah, enjoy my episode with Sarah Fort. This episode is sponsored by Motherhood Unstressed CBD. You can purchase our third-party tested organic USA-grown hemp in stores across the country or at motherhoodunstressed.com. This episode is also sponsored by Volta by Cirque du Soleil. This is the new incredible show happening at Atlantic Station until January 15th. If you haven't been, go. Um, any Cirque du Soleil show is amazing. I saw one in Vegas that blew my mind, but this one is just so funny and beautiful and enlightening and emotional. Um, it's really an incredible experience and one I won't soon forget. So if you're in Atlanta, definitely get some tickets and go check out Volta by Cirque du Soleil. Yeah, so I'm just going to jump right in. Talk to me about Sprouted Kitchen. How did this amazing brand come to be? Um... I did not grow up in a cooking family. Um, we were eaters, but my neither of my parents are cooks or really like care all too much about nutrition. Um, it hurts my mom's feelings when I say that, but I don't. She was a wonderful mom, but just like food was not her thing. Mm-hmm. Fun. She was really good at fun. Um, so I, you're growing up, like I kind of don't care because they don't care. Then you go to high school and I think as a female, like there's the diet culture caring about your body that like kind of comes to play. And I think at that time I realized like, Oh, I just can't eat like boxes of Doritos for lunch and, and be caring about staying healthy. So I think that was maybe if I'm really going to like talk about the 
beginning. I think that's when I became like interested in food and like what that meant as it being a nutritious source for your body. But it was also very much like tangled up in like looks and diet culture at that point, I feel like. Um, I went to college up in San Luis Obispo to study English and I ended up taking a class in organic farming there um, and just kind of got romanced by the whole actual food system as opposed to like everything coming in packages. Like I was eating lean cuisines all the time and thinking that that was healthy. Um, (laughs) So anyways, like kind of fell in love with what food was and I was paid in food with that job. And so with that, because I'm frugal, I'm like, this is my payment. I'm going to figure out how to cook. So I just sort of watched all the Food Network shows, read a bunch of books. My mom would send me the food section from newspapers. Like I would just pour over these recipes just to learn because it's just fast forward, rewind. If you can read, you could figure out how to cook because there's just so many resources that are talking about how to do it. So I feel like I just kind of taught myself and I fed a lot of food to my roommates and I burnt a lot of things and I messed things up and I ended up taking a job with a caterer and I would waitress and I would just kind of be in situations that I was always around food um, to learn. Um, I took an internship after college in Italy at a bed and breakfast. Sorry, I told you this was a long story. Um, <laughs> took an internship at a bed and breakfast. That was also a cooking school. So I had some work experience there. Came home, worked at a hotel, did not love that. And my husband um, started a blog as like us just to have a hobby. He's a photographer. And he's like, well, you really like this. You're reading blogs and talking about them incessantly. Like, why don't we just start one? And I think because of this was 10 years ago, it was a really good time to have Mm -hmm. started a blog, especially a food blog with decent photography. Um, We didn't really know about the business side of it. We were just sort of in it for the love of the game and caught some momentum quickly because Hugh takes good photos. Um, so in that momentum, I got a cookbook deal because that was a time when it was very easy for bloggers to get book deals. And I don't know, that set me, that set me on the trajectory of this being my career. Again, I don't know that we've ever been like awesome at the business of blogging, but, um, I was, I worked at Trader Joe's for most of that time in conjunction with book work and, freelance work and all this stuff. I always piece together a few different jobs. I never, I think that's maybe a nod to my self-confidence or fear also in it is that I wasn't like, Oh, I can fully do this work. Mm -hmm. I was always doing something else with it. Um, anyway, there are two cookbooks and then, um, I had two kids very close together, like right after the second cookbook that kind of threw me like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? And this world, like it kind of, everything kind of moved from blogs to podcasts. And I think I was like kind of overwhelmed with like becoming a new mom that I kind of lost track a little bit of my career. So we pivoted about a year ago and started Cooking Club, which is a meal planning subscription service. So it is just, it's four recipes each week and a grocery list and all these sorts of dietary swaps or things you can do ahead. And it's basically recipe writing, which I've always done, but it's in a really practical package for people. Um, Kind of pointing back towards why I even started this, where I think my strengths are personally, like why I even like doing this work is sort of packaged in the cooking club program. 
I love that. I love that. And I love that you were so honest about like how you even really got into learning about food. Like you wanted to be attractive. You wanted to look good. And I think that that's such an honest answer because I think for a lot of women, like that's how we do get into cooking. Cause my mom was the same way. She never Hmm. loved cooking. Her mom never loved cooking. It wasn't a big thing in our house. Um, And it's funny because it's only me and my younger sister who really enjoy food. And we both married Mm -hmm. guys who cook, you know, so (laughs) that was our introduction. Um, but that's, that's really interesting. And I think because you became a mother, I think that's what made the the cooking club so genius because you saw, um, how hard it is. And that's something that Mm -hmm. I love that you talk a lot about is balance and overwhelm as a new mom. So, I mean, how did you Mm kind of navigate that? You've got this amazing blog. You've got these two cookbooks. Mm. How did you then navigate new motherhood and try to balance all of that? Um, I think I, I hate to use the word balance because it never felt like that. It still doesn't feel like that. Um, I think I was kind of a lot of the, the trajectory of my career. I've kind of just been like taken with it. Things have kind of in the vein of being honest, like some of the success we've had has kind of just landed in my lap. And I will say that that, like, that is luck. I work hard, but some of it was just like being at the right place at the right time. I feel like once I became a mom, I then felt like I was going to have to do more like learning and changing, but I couldn't because I very much so, I had always told myself the story that like, once I had kids, I was just going to be a mom. I wasn't going to try to work as well, but we had positioned ourselves where sprouted kitchen I had to keep working I had to keep doing this but then I had these kids which as you know takes up like a lot of time and I have a hard time asking for help so I didn't so I tried to do tried to keep a career afloat and tried to be a full-time mom and I don't I don't think it was like a balance for a while at all maybe like even until the last year and a half do I feel like I've maybe it's okay for like (laughs) your kids to get get a babysitter if you have Mm -hmm. to work or for them to stay at school longer or to give myself the space I needed to also be a worker because a, I have to, and B I like that work. I am fulfilled there. I love being with them, but I also love working and having my own thing. And um, I am so relational people person that like kids are wonderful. I love that, but it's like, I need like, an adult, you know, like a, and I connect with people through my, like the online recipe sharing that I do. And I, I don't have to apologize for that in my mommy that like, I really love that I make something, I share it. Other people may make it and they'll let me know or what worked or what didn't or compliments. I don't know. I, I love that exchange, the community that is within food. And I realized like I had to allow myself permission mm-hmm. to like that within motherhood because I thought I had to be all here all the time, all day. So they feel the attention from me, but I needed to change that conversation. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think so many women, you know, the listener listening to this right now is like, yes, I completely resonate mm-hmm. with that. Even if they love being a full-time mom, I guarantee you they need that space. They need that time to reflect or to create or to just have some time for themselves. And I don't know why yeah. we're so culturally mm-hmm. burdened with that guilt 
I mean, no one was telling you, you need to stop working. I'm sure like people were probably very supportive. You had that internal guilt going on and so many other women experienced that. So what would be your best advice for, you know, how you pushed through that? I mean, yeah, you said you had to, but Hmm. I mean, again, like if you, if you really didn't want to, you wouldn't be doing, you know, right. Totally. What, what is that extra push or what do you say to yourself? What's your mantra to, to push past that, that guilt that we all deal with? Um, I think if I can like get out of my head and like, you know, this is going to sound not going to be clear, like kind of step out of your body to look into your life. I think I know that like how I am, I'm going to, I'm going to give it like dig deeper, how I am, my mood as a parent reflects onto my kids. They then model that. Like I, I kind of go from like totally fine to like angry quite quickly. And I watch my son do that, like starting that young. And, and I would get really mad at him because like, why do you do that? And then like, it took me a little while to be like, oh my gosh, I'm doing that. Mm-hmm. I'm the one who's going like, I get like set off if they don't listen by the second time. And I like freak out that it's like, oh, I'm modeling that. And I think realize, learning and realizing that and trying to be better. I also feel that way about like the way that I'm spending my time or how I say like, even if they're mad that I'm leaving, like I calm down with exercise. Like I need to do that for me. And so even if they're like, no, I want you to take me to school. I want you to stay here. Mm -hmm. My husband also works at home. So I have a lot of support through him and we share all those things. And I am the personality where like, if they would guilt me about doing something, I'd be like, okay, fine. I'll just take him to school and like skip going (laughs) to the gym. But I need that. And I think getting to a place where I was like, I want you to see that I know what makes me feel good. So that if you're modeling me later on in life that you see like, oh, my mom figured out what like made her feel good. And then she did it. So if I can figure out like what self-care or exercise or being around people or not makes you feel good. And then you can do that. I hope that I model that, that I don't just say that. I don't want to just be saying a bunch of stuff to them. I want to, if I think about Mike, my mom, I so much more was about what she did instead of what she told me that I think the pivot in me having permission to do things for myself or go on a girl's weekend or not make dinner. I don't know. Things that are quintessential, like things that I think women feel guilty about sometimes was just like, do I want my kid to feel Mm -hmm. like this when they grow up that like, Oh, I had to, I had to be here every single weekend. I couldn't leave them. Like, no, go on a trip, go do something, go on a date. I don't know. I want them to have that freedom. So I'm trying to not live under that either. I love that. I got chills to that whole thing because it's truth. It's absolute truth that's Mm. coming through you. And, you know, they scientists have said that children age zero to seven, Mm. they're not, they're not actively thinking about anything else. They're really just downloading information. So what you just said was absolutely truth because they are seeing what you are doing. They're downloading that they're internalizing that. And then that becomes their inner voice. Like how many times Mm. have you had, you know, been self-critical and it's not Mm. really even you, it's a parent or someone saying something that you heard when you were growing up. I know that's true for me. And like you said, stepping Mm. outside of your life, getting that, you know, bird's eye view, I think is so crucial. And so many women and men don't Hmm. even know that that's an option. You know, they believe the thoughts in their head that those, that's the absolute truth. And that's my reality. But if you step back and question that and think, you Hmm. know, well, maybe I don't have to do it that way. Or what I just said, is that even really true? Is that thought true? Nine times out of 10, it's not, you know, it's coming from a place of fear. So I just, 
Oh, I love that you said that. Um, and I also love how you talk about wellness from a holistic standpoint. You know, I went to the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. They talk mm. a lot about that. I really fully believe in it. Um, so talk to me about movement, mental health, relationships, um, and how we can all kind of, again, I hate to use this word, balance, uh, bring about a more consistent and just a more, oh God, I'm going to say it, balanced lifestyle with all huh. those things. Um, I don't think you get to have all those things every day or all those things all the time. Um, I think you'd have more grace for your family, for yourself. If you realize that like, I cannot, and I'm guilty of like believing that I can do all these things, but I'm a healthy version when I know that I cannot all in a day, eat perfectly, exercise, meditate, move, like be with a friend and have a super deep conversation and connect with my, like, I can't, life is not that magical. And that's like, what kind of bothers me about some of the wellness conversations is that like, we're all in this pursuit of like having all those things in like perfect harmony. And I just think it almost adds more stress than it is helpful. Like I love all the inspiration that social media like offers to people, but can we also just kind of acknowledge that, especially as a working parent, I can only speak to my own experience that I don't, I don't get to do all those things in a day and like I, I pursue them, but do they happen like all day, every day? No. And like, I also know the triggers for me of when like I need, when I need more sleep or when I, I guess it would be in intuitive or intuition. Like I need to go, like, I need to see a friend and the kind of friend that I, I'm going to just be able to complain to. And they're not going to tell me to, to be happy or, <laughs> I think paying attention to which of those things that you need, you don't, you don't get to have them all every day, but could you be aware of maybe what your body needs or what your mind needs? I'm figuring out how to do that better. And again, like circling back, like, and asking for help when I don't know how to do those things well on my own. Like I'm, I'm not a great self-motivated exerciser. So like, okay, then I need to go to a class or, I'm like working through some like mental stuff. Like I need to see a therapist or a business coach because I'm frustrated with how I'm like where I'm stuck. I think asking for help also takes that pressure off having to balance everything on your own. Like, okay, where am, where am I lacking that someone else could help me? Mm -hmm. Have you always had a heightened sense of self-awareness or is this something that you've developed? Because that I think is crucial to success. Hmm. Um. I don't know how to answer that. No, I don't know. I think like we're constantly growing up. I don't know. I don't know how to answer that. Yeah. I mean, I just asked the question because I think it's, I mean, A, it's a buzzword, you know, last mm. year and this year and B, it's, it is, it's something that I think most people don't like, you know, Hmm. digging into they don't like really knowing the truth about themselves and mm -hmm. you know stuff doesn't really push that envelope unless something bad happens you know and you're forced yeah. to look at maybe decisions that you've been making or patterns that you've been engaging in mm -hmm. um but I, I think I really honor and respect people who can like you said ask for help and say hey I'm good at this but hey I need some help with this mm -hmm. um and then when you I think when you do that when you just you know push aside the ego essentially you do, you optimize your life, you get better, you push through 
blockage blockages that you might have had before. I mean, that's really, I think, what life is all about. Yeah, totally. Wow. So um, I'm curious, why do you think food is such an integral part in that holistic sense of wellness, um, especially for, you know, families? Um, I think, I think there's a lot of like stress around it. We have to eat. So you're going to, you're going to eat something. Um, I think my, why I feel like it's important. I like the connection with like gathering at a table, whether it's just my family or we have friends over quite often, or I love helping plan holidays and being in like the chaos of the kitchen and food is all like, that's why people get together. It's like, you meet a friend for lunch or you like, it's always over a meal. Mm -hmm. So it feels like having this subject matter feels connecting to people in that way. It also feels like I didn't go to culinary school. I am not a professional. I've, I'm a home cook who has made a lot of mistakes and figured out how to do this on her own. So if I can do it, can other people do it? Because I, a frustrating line for me from other women, especially, even though I think men have just as much responsibility, you have a cooking husband, but I feel like it's guilt in women. Like I'm bad at cooking. I'm bad mm-hmm. at food. And but like, they just kind of like, they've maybe tried a couple times and then like, say they just don't cook. And I feel like, but you have, you have to eat. And especially as a parent, like, again, if your kids are just sponges of like taking in your relationship with food, how you feel about in the kitchen. Like I care about eating well, but I also like, if my kids have three pieces of candy, I don't at a birthday party. It's like, I'm not going to freak out and be like, Oh my gosh, they have cancer now. I, (laughs) I want them to have a healthy relationship with the food and that like, these are fruits and vegetables or like my son loves to eat. Like he loves food and likes huge portions. So like he'll come down in the morning cause he wakes up really early and, and this poor, like gigantic bowls of cereal. Oh my gosh. I'm trying to have healthy conversations of like, love cereal. Cereal's great. But like, what if we had a normal sized bowl of cereal and a hard boiled egg and some blueberries or like, how can we, because like your energy, if you have some protein and the fiber and like trying to explain to them, like how food I don't know. We're here all the, we're in here all the time. People eat all the time. I want to be part of a healthy conversation about food, what we're eating. It's not a perfect balance again of all day, every day, always perfect. I don't know. I want to be in that conversation. I love that. And I think again, it comes back to modeling that good behavior. You love food. You love cooking. Um, you know, you love spending time with your family, like dinner time with my family is my favorite time of day. And Mm. sometimes we have an amazing meal and sometimes it's frozen pizza that we made, but we're sitting around the table together, talking, talking about our days, like talking about funny things that happen. Like that's something that, I mean, I'm in the moment. I'm like, I'm going to remember this, you know, when I'm, when they're gone or when they're teenagers and they're just like bored and morose, I'm like, (laughs) these are the days, these are the times. And even in my food list, basically household, um, we did that. We sat around the table. Mm -hmm. So those were always really important memories for me. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think, you know, it's it's rare that a lot of people do that. I think these days, and I'm not in my neighbor's homes. I, maybe they are, I don't know, but you know, just how fast life is these days. I'm surprised, you know, that Hmm. if a a lot of the majority are sitting around a table and I really hope that that's the case. Um, but even going back to food, like, Hmm. you know, having a daughter, I don't have a daughter, but I have a lot of friends who do. And the topic of body image and, um, you know, healthy eating comes up a lot. Like 
eight-year-olds are saying, you know, mom, dad, I'm fat. And they're like Mm -hmm. talking about this. And so I think for you to, again, go back to healthy eating and what's healthy and what's Mm -hmm. not, um, that's really important. So talk to us a little bit about that because I know we have a lot of listeners who have daughters. Hmm. Um, Again, my daughter is not even quite four yet. So I feel like I'm not quite in that yet, to be honest with you. Um, I do feel the responsibility. Um, There's a book I haven't read yet, but somebody I follow, her name is Hillary McBride. And she's on a, she has her own podcast. She's on a podcast called a liturgist. Um, and she has recovered from an eating disorder and speaks a lot about the influence that mothers have on their daughters, as far as their body image, their relationship with food. Um, and it's even less about what they're saying to their daughters as it is like how they're speaking to themselves or how, like, I'm sure I've, I'm sure I've, made mistakes. I can't think of a story off the top of my head, but like, even if there's a dessert and some, like a lady says like, Oh, I shouldn't eat that. Like Mm -hmm. all those little instances that your daughters are going to pick up on of like, okay, I hear these adult women saying like, Oh, I shouldn't eat that. Or they feel guilty if they ate a piece of bread at the dinner table and they're like, Oh, I shouldn't have eat that. Like all that little stuff that I think is telling uh, my daughter a story about like what she should eat, how she should eat, because her body will then look like this or not look like that. And I'm aware that that's a thing. I also, right now, she thinks she's just like, (laughs) I'm not, it's not like my daughter is like, she has this little pot belly and she doesn't care. And I, we don't talk about it. We just like think she's adorable. And I know that the day will come when she will be more aware of her own body. But I feel at this point, I just need to be in the better practice of Mm -hmm. not, um, saying things. And then my son too, actually, I don't really, I know it's about daughters, but I think that there's plenty of men that struggle with body image stuff too. It's just Mm -hmm. not as, it's not as talked about. Um, I don't know. I think I'm careful because I have a tendency to like, feel like foods are like, this is good and this is good Mm -hmm. for you. And this is bad for you. I know that like exists in my mind. Um, but I really want to frame it to them as like, these are for your energy. These mm-hmm. like keep your blood sugar stable. So you don't get really tired at school and less about like good and bad foods as it is like, this is like energy. This is going to make you feel good. So you can run on the playground and like have a conversation about how beautiful food is, or isn't it so neat that you get to have a kid's table at Thanksgiving and serve yourself or I don't know. I just want to have the conversations about food that aren't exactly like how it's going to contribute to your weight. Yeah. I think that that, that's it right there. That's the the clutch right there. Um, You know, food is medicine essentially, you know, and if you're eating really healthy, you feel really good. Like that's it. Yeah. I love that. Um, But if there were one major takeaway that you wanted to leave with a listener today, what would that be? you might mess it up. It might really suck or whatever, but like you're doing it and you're trying and you you have to feed yourself. So I don't know, get in there and just try it and mess up and do it anyway. Yeah. And to have people out there like you who are doing that, who are providing that service, providing that inspiration and also the reality of, you know, it it doesn't have to be perfect and that's okay too. I think that gives so many people permission to actually go out there and try it and and provide these experiences for their families. Like that's Mm. everything that's beautiful. And that could be life-changing for that kid. 
you know, when their mom is brave enough to just get in there and try it, even if they don't know what they're doing. (laughs) Yeah. It doesn't have, it doesn't have to be a a perfect, like you don't have to make the dreamiest chocolate chip cookies. Like why don't you just get out a bowl and read a recipe with them and I don't know, just do it. Absolutely. Okay. So I do have some rapid fire questions for you. Okay. Um, Okay. Modern motherhood is? Uh, Grace for yourself that transfers to your child. Mm, I'm grateful for. Um, Healthy children. Um, Okay. So, and what's something that you learned in life that you wish someone would have told you earlier on? My grandma, who is still alive, she's 91. She always will say this line, um, tomorrow is another day. And I don't think I really... I kind of rolled my eyes anytime I hear that. I don't even know, really know what she meant. And then when I think of it now, especially as a parent, that made a ton of sense that you get to start over that like, just because you make a mistake or something goes wrong or you act in a way that you wish you wouldn't have that you get to try again, that things aren't final and you can pivot and do something different or apologize and act differently I don't know. You get more than one chance. I love that. I love that. That's such a great message for everyone listening, including me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. So how can the listener find you online, contact you, um, be a part of the cooking club? Tell us all the things. Uh, My website is SproutedKitchen.com. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, whatever. It's all at Sprouted Kitchen. Uh, Cooking club is very easy to find. If you go to SproutedKitchen.com, there's a large sidebar ad that I'll click over and it will just explain what it is, show you the intro video. Um, I'm active on that Instagram account, account, which is at SK underscore cooking club. So I have both the Sprouted Kitchen Instagram and the SK underscore cooking club Instagram that just sort of shares what we're making and how I can help you and connecting with other members and things like that. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much, Sarah. This was so much fun. You dropped so many truth bombs. This was so (laughs) great. Thank you. You have been listening to the Motherhood Unstressed podcast, and I'm your host, Liz Carlisle. Thank you so much for tuning in and spending your time with me today. I hope you love this episode. If you did, please take five seconds and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It really does so, so much for the show. And share us out on your Instagram stories. Tag us at Motherhood Unstressed and talk about what you liked about this episode and why your followers should be tuning in too. Until next time, love ya.